All right, everybody, thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans, The Lightning Rounds. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling at the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, what really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else and what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and featured titan for today, I'm absolutely thrilled and honored, Vanessa Noble, all the way from beautiful Anchorage, Alaska. This is fantastic. So uh, two worlds colliding here, which I think is phenomenal. But Vanessa, I know you're extremely busy and it's an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. So thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, thank you. It's my my pleasure, really. I'm, I'm honored. Thanks for having me, Greg. No, this is great. And I can't wait to dive into the, the series of questions for everybody out there who's watching or listening live with us right now or after the fact, just to get to know you a little bit better, but then also what really separates you and, and advice and anything that you can give and bring to the audience. So uh, I guess without further ado, Vanessa, let's just um, jump into the first question, which is really just kind of telling everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, your niches, why you do what you do, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's really interesting because being in the Alaska market, since it's such a small town and we're a very unique environment because we are um, segregated. Um, but at the same time, there's there's really um, a lot of volume that comes out of Alaska. When I was uh, when I was with Keller Williams at the time, we were always in the top 10 offices of in the entire company. Huh. So, you know, you wouldn't think that coming from a population of 300,000 people in the city of Anchorage that hmm. you would get like the top 10 uh, office in in the, the whole company in the country so um there's a lot of real estate that moves contrary to the belief that we live in igloos and, yeah. <laughs> and you know and, and cabins and you know outhouses and all that good stuff that people uh, see on the on the uh, tv shows but um yeah so i've been uh licensed since 2014 um wow. and uh probably you know um the really interesting thing is I came out of being full, a full-time service member and came out of a military deployment when I went straight into real estate. Wow. Um, I was kind of at a, just at a crossroads, um, mm -hmm. whether I was going to pursue military intelligence full-time and go into like the FBI or like something, you know, if I was going to go into uh, finish my master's or do that, um, or if I really wanted to, um, uh, and I'm going to close my browser so nobody's beeping behind us. Oh, you're but, good. <laughs> but um and so when i mean my mom was a realtor um i uh, she was a realtor in california she had gone through the crash wow. um, but i kid you not if somebody would have told me like list the first 100 professions that you think of i would not have written down <laughs> a real estate agent. <laughs> I, I love that I, it, she became a realtor when i was a teenager and my godmother had been a realtor growing up and um, but I just didn't even think about the profession, to be quite honest. What ended up happening was when I got back from Afghanistan, um, the my my friends that had um, PCS that's a, moved away, uh -huh. they were coming back because the nature of Alaska is kind of weird. Um, we have like very specific aircraft up there that maybe could only go to a couple of bases. So there's a lot of repeat rotations into Alaska because uh -huh. they have the same airplane in different parts of the country. Interesting. So, I was a military, um, uh, military member and, um, I had, uh, my friends started to call me to help them find housing because they were coming back. Hmm. And so I just found myself caring about my friends that were 
like in difficult situations, um, this is wow. going to really date me. But when I moved to Alaska in 2006, there was not Facebook. Wow, <laughs> yes. Now you're um, bringing it back, Vanessa. Yeah, this is there was not Facebook. So you didn't have like the Facebook groups to be like, hey, what's it like over there? You know, or like, hmm. so this was already, um, you know, 2014, Facebook's five years in, Facebook groups were not a big thing. So my friends that were not in Alaska were reaching out to me like, Hey, can you help me, you know, find a place to live, go visit this rental, look at this house. And I found myself starting to search for them, um, kind of on my own. Um, uh, I had, um, when I was 19, I had started to like learn about finance and investments and investment vehicles. Right. Um, and I think when we joined the military in 2004, cause I was a military spouse first before I joined the military. Okay. Um, yeah. And so when we went into the military as, as a married couple, um, I thought, you know, heck we'd go from duty station to duty station and buy houses, you know, cause mm. I grew up in a pretty low socioeconomic environment. Um, sure. I was raised by a single mom. Right. So, you know, my American dream was, you know, give a house to my child when they got married or something wow. that sounded like what rich people do, you know, For and, sure. <laughs> and so I, I was like, if I, if we move from military base to military base, maybe we can buy houses. I didn't know what the heck we would, how we would do that, but it was mm. just, yeah. And so as my friends started to ask me about um, looking for houses, I just, I just really cared to make sure that they were being careful. I had already had the skill set as an intelligence analyst. So, and coming back from Afghanistan in 2000, at the end of 2012 into 13, um, I think that that analytical mindset, that framework of looking at threats and mitigating risk and all that stuff was just the nature of my military training. Wow. And so um, when, when I actually decided to, uh, it was actually the furlough that hit and hmm. I was like, what the heck, I'll go take my real estate license. Cause if I like to look at houses for my friends, then maybe I'll enjoy this. I don't sure. know, <laughs> but I really had no idea. I always tell people real estate is one of those professions that finds you, hmm. well <laughs> you know, said. Well and said. It's, it's, it's hit or miss, you know, people come into this profession for all sorts of different reasons. And some people stick and some people don't, and some people thrive and some people barely survive. So right. it's a bit of a crapshoot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I was at a career crossroads. Um, I knew I didn't want to get stuck in a vault and, and military intelligence is you're stuck in a skip with no windows and, <sighs> Uh, and you know, there wasn't any cool FBI jobs available. <laughs> in NASA, so I, and I had just come back from like a combat environment where like wow. we were saving people and on missions all the time. Hmm. And where really the weight of my advice, the weight of my word meant people died. I had wow. to help people launch hel- uh, like our unit, get the helicopter up to the injured personnel in four minutes or oh, people man. were going to die. And if the information that I gave them um, wasn't accurate, they were going to fly into a firefight or get shot at. So I mean, the acuity of my, the weight of my knowledge set to be able to even open my mouth or give advice was so high. Mm -hmm. I think when I came into real estate, right after being in that frame of mind, and you know, the first thing you learn as any new realtor is cold call, cold call scripts, blah, blah, blah. And I jumped into Keller Williams, which was great for a new agent. And, um, uh, you know, I, the only person I knew in real estate was Cody Gibson, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> uh, he, you know, he was, um, I knew his, uh, his wife at the time. And so they were friends of mine, but I didn't, I didn't know he was a team leader. Like I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. Huh. 
And so um, I was just like, hey, help me get connected in real estate. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so it was a very interesting way to come out of the gate, you know, or even have the perspective because when the only person I know in real estate is Cody Gibson, who has an expansion team, you know, if I closed $5 million in my first year, which I did in, in and gave hmm. birth to a child, um, it, wow. it, I felt like I did a minuscule amount and everybody was like, Oh my God. And I'm like, what do you mean? Cody Gibson does like a million and I do like this many. Right. So <laughs> my perspective of myself yeah. felt very small, you sure. know, Sure. And, uh, but it kept me humble. So that was really good. <laughs> I love that. And Vanessa, you're talking about, you know, laying a beautiful foundation as to obviously what got you into it and, and really kind of your progression through your career, which I think is ultra inspiring. I mean, serving those who have served, obviously you being past military and, and looking at it for, for that portion to really help others that have helped so many of us in our country, I think is absolutely beautiful. But then I think you look at it from that standpoint of, well, yeah, let's just see what happens. And you've really connected yourself with incredible professionals and really surrounded yourself with great people and really just learned and grew into who you are to today, which is, which is absolutely inspiring and amazing. Um, so what was your next step through your career? Just into that, that portion there. Yeah. I, today? Um, and for those that are new agents, you know, um, the biggest, and when I talk to new people all the time, the biggest thing that I tell them is you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And, um, and that's very daunting because you don't even know what questions to ask or right. what the difference is. Or if you interview a team, like you don't know how to compare them. No one knows what $7 million means versus $30 million or how many agents are on a team and what that actually, like no one actually knows what those things mean when you're first out of the gate. So you right. can get questions, but what's the context of them, you know? So I'm super grateful that, um, that um, the people that God put in my path were just there at the right time. And sure. so now I'm able to give people advice from a very different lens, you mm -hmm. know? Right. Um, and so um, uh, when I was sitting in the Ignite class and I was watching people my first year, just pound the phones and, mm -hmm. you know, do the basic, you know, real estate um, muscle, prospecting things, I actually sat back and I was one of those stubborn people that mm. said, I can't do these phone calls. Wow. And I was looking around the room, like I'm not any, you know, I'm, I'm just as smart as anybody. I'm just mm. as communicative. I have, you know, I'm, I'm a good communicator. I, sure. but I really felt this need to know more about the industry before mm. I could give anybody advice. Fair enough. And there was a conviction, like I cannot speak to what I don't know. And I, mm -hmm. and coming out of the military environment, that was very sensitive that right. I was going to give people wrong advice with their money. And that's probably one of the, the things that I will correct new agents where sometimes mm -hmm. we jump into this business arena and they're like, oh yeah, fail, 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 fail forward, keep failing. Like you're failing with other people's money. So be careful right. with failures because people are trusting you to make good decisions and that's their loans that you're bailing on. So yeah, when you're dealing with other people's money, fail with your own money, failing uh, well, with other people's investments. That's a different story. I agree with you there. And I think that, you know, failing forward is great on your own merit, but like you said, doing it on other people's, you know, livelihoods and or futures, it's a little risky, right? So I would, I would agree with you hundred percent on that, Vanessa, for sure. And, you know, coming into, you know, the level of expertise to be a military analyst and coming into a real estate profession where now I realize, whoa, hold on, I'm giving people advice about their investments mm. and I know nothing about investments. Like, um, <laughs> does that work? 
<laughs> right. And the conviction of how would I buy a house? Well, I don't even know because I'm barely learning. I'm not going to go sell somebody something. So sure. um, I started to go into investment groups and to try to learn. Hmm. Um, and I met a mortgage broker, which um, at one of these investment groups um, who really, really, I admired. I always watch for the way people make decisions mm. and the way that he collected information and the conviction he stood on to do what's right on behalf of the client was really, really um, impressive to me. I just got to watch his integrity in that space. So I started to really keen in and listen to him. And um, what was really interesting is he was building his book of business. And so this person was very, very vital to me because like most really successful realtors, no one taught us anything, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like yeah. Uh, everybody was sometimes we're like, why does everybody need so much training? I didn't get training. <laughs> I just like jumped in and figured it out. Right. But um, I would say that, um, you know, Adam Hefner, which was a mortgage broker in Alaska, was really pivotal for me in this instance because he because he was building his book of business, he and the condition of the market, he was willing to do deals that other people couldn't do. Interesting. So, because he was willing to piece together people with bruised credit, people with, um, you know, other other issues, because mm-hmm. he was building his book of business, he was able to teach me what the difference was between the government guidelines versus the lender guidelines. And because he was a broker, he wasn't limited to one bank. He had a wholesale bank. So then if he, one bank didn't like the, the, the buyer's conditions, he could flip them over to another bank. And mm. so now, you know, and he actually took the time to explain all of that to me, um, which was really, really vital because as a military service member, and as I was helping my service members, I was very inquisitive about why in the process. Uh, another thing that was very, very valuable to me that kind of led to my talent set and my wheelhouse is that I, and this is, a, you know, where you're born is, is, you know, we're American and we didn't choose to be American. Well, I didn't yeah. choose to end up in Alaska and start real estate. And the nature of where I was born in real estate was we have a high um, multifamily market. Hmm. So um, I learned multifamily very, very early. Um, wow. That was out of the gate, um, learning the leveraging strategies of investments okay. um, that was going to be highly beneficial to um, veterans. Um, hmm. And Alaska is a high rental, high turnover market. Okay. So holding investment properties um, is very lucrative. And so hmm. learning all of the veteran benefits of that. Um, and so I grew really fast and I actually like I mentioned, I was, I found out I was pregnant in January about a week after I got my real estate license. So I gave birth to my son on September 22nd. And I wrote my first contract on May 18th and (laughs) May 18th and September 22nd, I closed $4.8 million of real estate. Unreal. Uh, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was, but, um, you know, I had a lot of mentors in, in my pocket. And I think the biggest discriminating thing as a brand new agent is knowing when you don't know mm-hmm. and knowing, um, because we're, you know, for me in, in, in Intel in the military lens, if I spoke ahead of my knowledge, people would get hurt and they would die. So right. you have to have a high screening on your, when you speak, mm-hmm. when you know something, when you don't know something, going to the expert, Sometimes that's very intuitive to a lot of new agents and you Mm -hmm. almost can't teach that. It's like a common sense factor that says, don't speak before, you know, right. Uh, And don't overpromise what you can't deliver, Mm -hmm. you know, um, those 
those are really, really keen as you're growing as a real estate professional to know when to lean on your mentors and your experts and what experts to listen to and how to pick your profits carefully. Mm. Um, you know, and because there's so much clutter, there's so much clutter. Like, what do I learn first? Oh, trash all the stuff I just learned in my real <laughs> licensing course okay contracts learn investments learn mortgage like it's it's a and they're just trying to survive financially so most like most brand new realtors they just go to the the fastest way to a paycheck Mm -hmm. yeah which which you know if anybody says to store up six months of income i would say it's not because you're worried that you're not going to close the deal because that shouldn't be the case if you're Mm -hmm. listening to the right people however don't put yourself in a position of starving so that you put your fiduciary duty behind your obligation to your client. Oof. You know, I hope everybody heard that or a paycheck yeah. because that will compromise your integrity and that'll start to feed a green monster inside of you. That's all of a sudden you don't care about the details. You don't care about the why behind what you're doing. And you just care about either surviving mm-hmm. or growing even a real estate machine that is that you in chasing money and chasing lifestyle when you forget about the reason why we do it and there's something that's so valuable within the fiduciary duty as a real estate licensee that we operate from a heart of like putting our clients first mm-hmm. and um and there's a lot of that's very upside down in a lot of uh, in a lot of our industry altogether you're so right with that vanessa and, and again i everybody who's watching or listening to this right now that I know they're feeling your passion, the character and integrity that's coming out of you really setting that bar, that standard for real estate professionals and really looking up to that professional, you're hitting it. And then some Vanessa. So this is great. I, you were giving so many pieces of advice already. And I want to actually put that into this next question and the final question into everything, which is really, if you could look back at your career thus far, and pick or choose a few things that you added to your business that you really saw growth from, you know, anybody who's watching or listening to this, what, what advice might you give or, um, you know, to take your business up to the next level, what may that be, you know, for you? Yeah. Well, you can't manufacture passion. Mm-hmm. Passion is something that like wells up inside of you. Right. And I think when a lot of us that come into real estate, we have a desire to help people mm-hmm. innately. That's that's our primary like reason we come into this, right? Sometimes it's to be the most important person, or sometimes it's like to have the most amount of money, but that's the small percentage of people. Right. The the most genuine people and the, what I love realtors is they genuinely want to help people. Mm-hmm. And they want to find purpose in what we do. And the only way that you can do that is when you have conviction. Mm-hmm. And so when you have conviction that drives your passion behind why you do what you do, mine was birthed from knowing more about the financial reasoning behind why my clients were going to make a good choice and why my advice was, was more acute, more purposeful, more specific mm-hmm. to the needs of my client. That it drove me to have home buying classes. It drove me to be the educator. It drove Mm -hmm. me to be the resource. And it helped me like care about my clients more than Mm -hmm. like a sold sign in front of your house. And I look so popular, like, (laughs) geez, you know, but because the reason why with veterans, when I, um, when I was actually ready to throw in the towel at Mm -hmm. 15 months in, I was going to quit real estate. Wow. Um, I had sold about that time, about 15 months in, I had sold maybe close to 50 properties and I had had a brand new baby and I don't care for money that much. And I don't like houses that much. And people were getting on my nerves. Yeah. And 
you know, cause it's just a lot, a lot of it's, our industry is very consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to an investment class. I had some mentors, um, that were kind of helping me what books to read, what mm-hmm. classes to go to. Um, and so I went to an, uh, a class that, um, that had a bunch of mega agents and that could be a lot of clutter also sometimes, mm-hmm. For sure. Not all, you know, worth our energy, but, um, this one was very interesting because I had three people and it, it completely changed the way I sold real estate. Hmm. So it was Mark Weiss, Bowman Kitty, and Mike Brody, all out of Keller Williams. And okay. they had 16 streams of income, 21 streams of income, and nine streams of income. And that's okay. the only reason I literally jumped on a plane. Hmm. Uh, I bought my ticket on Thursday, got there on Saturday from Alaska to Maryland. Hmm. And um, I'm sitting there in the audience and they, they went through all of their businesses and all of their streams of income. And I was really deeply searching for a big why. Okay. Um, why was I going to keep burning the candle at both ends at the expense of missing time with my kids for a pile of money? It just didn't sure. make any sense to me. Um, and um, and so um, the final person asked them, what would you have done differently if you would have known, you know, what you know today, 30 years ago? And hmm. Brody said, I would have bought more real estate. Mark Weiss looked at Mike and he said, I would have bought more real estate. Mm-hmm. Bowen Kelly looked and he was like, I would have bought more real estate. And they had just shown all of the complexity of their development companies, their investments, their market center, the regional ownership, everything. Wow. And their, their real estate portfolio was really, really small. And it struck me that was so <laughs> odd that, um, that even for being as massive as they were, they didn't own a lot of real estate. Interesting. And yeah. And so Mike Brody said, you know, there is no other vehicle on the face of this planet that has um, created more wealth for human beings than U.S. real estate. I will never forget those words. Yeah, sure. And when he said the words U.S. real estate, the only thing that I can think of was all of the service members that I left behind that were injured and wounded and how every single service member that had sacrificed their life and their country, you know, their livelihood or even their time to serve our country. Yeah. And that if there was anybody that deserved to like invest, learn how to invest in real estate, it was all my blue collar service members that were coming home injured and didn't know how to even use their VA benefit. And so wow. I came home that day and that passion was definitely fueled by helping deliver the message to service members on how to build wealth through real estate. And so that completely just pushed me into the grit that it takes to keep going. (laughs) I'm, I'm super glad that you did not stop, that you kept going, that you went there and that, that really hit your heart and your head. And Vanessa, I know you've helped so many people, you know, all over and really grow and scale, not just your life, but their lives and and families and better everybody that way. And I know that you are talking heavily into wealth building and investment and, and, and managing that expectation and also educating. So um, I think we spoke yesterday, just a little bit before we went live. And uh, so there's new stuff coming out potentially for you to help more people and, and how can people communicate with you and learn from you more? What's that look like? Yeah. So I, um, at the same time that I was growing, there was a, a, some veterans that were also starting this like organic call to action about military real estate investing. It was my friends, Mark Yon and Eric and Tim, and uh, they created active duty passive income. And they were just a group of investors, military service members that were passionate about teaching veterans how to invest and using all the 
I mean, not just buying real estate, but the all the different um, uh, commercial syndication, um, the Burr strategy, like every single pocket of real estate investing, they were like teaching veterans how to do it. And so uh-huh. I, when I interviewed them on Lab Code Agents, um, mm-hmm. it was just this marrying, this like magical marrying of our passions. And so I started to, I joined them. I partnered with them uh, to lead the military real estate side of that business, the entire referral network. And when I started to interview agents that were skilled enough to learn these investment strategies across the country, I realized there's very, very few Wow. That actually know how to stack owner occupied real estate, the mortgage strategies, how to gauge your economic market, you know, even if you don't have a lot of experience. So we um, are developing the education for real estate professionals. Um, after their license that really care about learning how to take um, a, a an educational approach to teaching their clients how to build wealth or real estate and how to acquire assets um, and how to discriminate when it's actually healthy to sell a piece of real estate and when it doesn't make sense to a buyer hmm. and, and really how to make those, uh, excuse me, a seller, when it doesn't make sense, when it makes more sense to hold, when it makes sense to repurchase and how to teach that financial strategy to your clients so that way we focus on the acquisition, buy more real estate, buy more real estate, buy more real estate. And um, do we do listings? Yeah. I mean, I, I do about 50% because sometimes okay. when people weigh their pros and cons, it makes more sense to sell. Sure. Um, it just depends. Every Everybody's life situation is unique, but I mm-hmm. don't take a listing without going over these factors with them and making sure that they're making the best financial decision for their plans and their goals. Mm-hmm. That that's huge, and, and again, Vanessa, I can't uh, I can't stress enough. I mean, everybody out there who's watching or listening, they they know they're feeling you know your stuff. I mean, this is absolutely next level, and people really need to understand that uh, with your background in the military, and we've been very fortunate to have some incredible professionals on this series who have been past military as well. And I think that when you look at it from the standpoint of truly a life or death situation, and going into a real estate transaction, which don't get me wrong, as you know, and everybody who's watching and listening, very stressful. There's a lot of moving parts. It seems like life or death to buyers or sellers. But at the end of the day, somebody who's level-headed and understands the numbers and what's best and can really kind of manage that stress is crucially important all the way through and through. Not everybody's created equal, but I'm just glad that you're on here right now, just really showing everybody out there, like, this is a true professional. I mean, we're not all created equal. And you look at any industry or any passion that way. I mean, you're right up there at the very top, Vanessa. So this is just great stuff. I mean, I absolutely love it. I appreciate that. And what I always tell people is every single realtor, even the civilian realtors who love their military, you know, um, the, the situation that we place an active duty service member is this. When you sell a service member the wrong home, even, even if you didn't mean to, in three years, if the market conditions are not correct, they're not going to be able to sell their VA funding fee has put them upside down on that property. And now they barely pay down their VA funding fee. Okay. Now the military requires that they move. The military spouse leaves her job. Now they're on one income. Maybe their new duty station gives them a different housing allowance. And maybe they're, and most of the times it's, especially if they're coming from Alaska, it's reduced. So now they have a smaller income. They're down, you know, smaller income base salary. They're down to one income. Usually when people move, the military member has to either deploy or go to training. It's very common. And the spouse is left unemployed 
with a, two mortgages that they have to pay. And if there's anything, I mean, I don't have to paint the rest of the picture, but if, if there's anything that breaks the family unit, not just military, but it's mm-hmm. financial stress, yeah. you know, and a spouse being gone, um, and you can really cause some generational damage to a failing family with a hurting bank account if you're mm-hmm. not so precise at selling a service member the right property for their goals and teach them the financial literacy that they need when they end up holding more real estate than they even know how to handle. So, and everybody can, I always say, use your VA loan over and over invest, but know how to, how to shelter that. And so the military niche is one that is very delicate and it, it, it can be life or death because, sure. you know, when divorces rates are high and suicide rates are high in the military and financial mm-hmm. stress is a big burden of that. A lot of times it comes from the real estate issues. So um, it's big. Yeah. I, I, but knowing those uh, intricacies and, and really understanding how to navigate those those murky waters, it, it's crucially important. And who you're with, guilty by association for, as a professional and as a consumer, right? You really need to be with great minded individuals who are really going to be able to guide you through that. So Vanessa, I just... I, I know we can talk about this all day long I, for, for the shortness of the episode and for the audience out there. I mean, I just, I want to encourage everybody to, to please connect with Vanessa, follow her on all social media platforms and really just understand where she's coming from. She's a true professional. Um, all you gotta do is look her up, but we'll have links down in the comments down below. But uh, Vanessa, I just, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. You are an official real estate Titan. So I need to dub that in there. It's official. Uh, but uh, We'll have, we'll have the launch. We'll have the course launch. We're still working on the back end of it. But oh, yes. So, and everybody out there, um, just before we go too, uh, as soon as that is launched, Vanessa, if you wouldn't mind just letting me know, and then I'll let everybody else know where to go and how to connect and really learn from you as well. So I would really appreciate that. I know everybody else would as well. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Awesome. But thanks again, Vanessa. It was, it was an honor and pleasure. And everybody, thank you as well, as always, for your time and attention, your love and support. If you like here what we're doing for Real Estate Titans, don't forget to like, subscribe. You know what to do at this point. I do need to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Bolt Media. If you are in real estate and you're looking to grow and scale your business digitally, really understand your markets, uh, be in there as a household name, but then also create great content, create leads, nurture those and convert your transactions, please visit lionboltmedia.com. Um, we are live here every Tuesday afternoon, a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody on the next live episode of Real Estate Titans, Lightning Rounds. Take care. Thanks, Vanessa. Yeah, absolutely.